right, Gopher fans, we are back here again. We got the full squad. Um, today's episode, we're going to quickly go over disastrous start to this 2020 Gopher football season and also give a preview of the Maryland game coming this Friday, which is already in a few days here, which is kind of nice to maybe get the bad taste out of our mouth here pretty quick. But, fellas, uh, I'll start off with this. I don't know if my overall outlook it's going to be like negative or positive, but I'll start off with the, some positive things. We'll just, just go from there. It's nice to have Big Ten football back. I'll start with that. Amen. Too positive. Um, <laughs> on the one shining bright spot that I was really encouraged by, kind of gives me hope going forward, is um, I thought we ran the ball really well. Uh, Mo looked great for the most part. I know he missed that one. Uh, protection block on um, maybe on the blitzing corner but things going on there so um that's a good defensive front in michigan probably top two that we're going to see all season and to run it for 150 yards almost i think that we did uh that's definitely a positive um that's that's all i have what do you guys got on that game last week last week not a thing i'm just Fire, like, we already talked about this before, but again, I'm leaving camp. Fire our, officer, our special teams coordinator. Fire that man. And you said he got an $80,000 raise for being Was one of the raised, worst, yeah. la- like, worst special teams in the nation last year? Yeah. That man needs to be gone, or he just has dirt on somebody. Okay. At the, he has dirt Bob on Wagner. somebody. He's just like black man. Because like, there's no way that man should have a Okay, so Sam, Sam is referring to our disastrous special teams. I like it. Well, let's start there. Okay. I thought we Put were going positives first. Oh, we are? <laughs> I, oh, I just didn't have a positive to say. I thought this yeah, was Yeah, no, I, I understand <laughs> that. I understand Sorry, you guys that. can go first, though, then. I, I guess oh, I like well, football. Sam already, Sam already dove into this it. This isn't really going to be too long for... Yeah, okay, whatever. You know, yeah, the special teams was abysmal. Again, you know... I'm not going to lie. I thought that we may have cleaned it up this year after that initial block punt. That really fired me up. Go hard on offense right after that. Score a touchdown. But number one, leaving that running play up the middle just for him to score that long touchdown right off the bat. Right then I knew our defense was in trouble. I just I had this gut feeling our defense was in trouble because – if gopher football tells us anything about defensive woes, it's the explosive plays that get us. It's not the nitty gritty. It's always the explosive plays that get us. We remember Maryland a couple years ago. It was the explosive plays that get to us. And that will, you know, carry on with that, you know, in a moment here when we talk about Maryland. But that was just hard to watch. I mean, I was going to say positively, you know, Gophers had 35 uh, minutes of time of possession and Michigan only had 24, almost 25, but that's literally only because they kept blowing up these big plays and we just literally couldn't, couldn't make a tackle, couldn't be sound on defense. We looked slow, um, penalized five times, lost a fumble. That's just not really go for football right there. At least not how PJ wants it to be. And just punting. I mean, I don't know if like they need to just go on the street and have tryouts, but our punting is pretty ridiculous. Like you're referring to a little bit ago, Curtis. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, 
I'll let you guys touch on some more, but I was just really disappointed about that. Yeah, Max, I mean, did you have any negatives? Or, I mean, positives, sorry. <laughs> um, I mean, for positives, we did kind of have a quick start with the blocked punt and then the quick touchdown. I mean, that was kind of nice to see. Uh, Tight end! But uh, I don't know, it just kind of withered away. It felt like a death by a thousand cuts. Yep, there was. We did get the tight end involved. Um, that was definitely a positive. <laughs> um, yeah, the special teams was abysmal, but uh, it's tough. I mean, I I get the frustration, but it is tough when you're starting punter and kicker both out. And PJ's alluded to that it's COVID related too, so this isn't the end of that. He even oh, mentioned in his uh, <laughs> well, he mentioned too in his post game that the backup kicker had like groin injury i don't know if he had surgery or he had some issue where like he he's yeah. even limited with like how far he can kick so it's like even the guys we do have and i think the backup punter i don't even know if he's really like a punter by trade because he made it sound like it, i don't know like, not obviously it seemed like he's only supposed to be like a holder yeah uh, said he's he's here on go ahead i was gonna say they well, the guy that punted they said he's here to be the holder is that really is that like a one do you really need to bring in a guy just for like that one thing? Like if he's your third string punter, he should be able to punt. And here's the biggest yeah. problem I have with the, we'll stick with just the punting where we can get into every single special teams unit here in a second. Punting. It sounds like our starting punter has a chance to be back this Friday against Maryland, which means if you're going off the big 10 protocol, we knew at least two weeks before game time, we weren't going to have our starting punter with how, the college game day crew alluded to that. PJ was worried about the punting, so we knew this was going to be a problem. And you have two weeks to fix it, and still you just roll out that one guy out there to punt? I, I, that's that's unexcusable. Like, Do you know how many guys on this team are probably their high school punter or just great athletes for their high school? Like, I can't believe you can't find one guy, any position, that can't stand back there, catch ball, kick the ball, at least just give you 30 yards every time you really need to punt. Just give your defense a chance. That is so ridiculous. One, to not even have a punter that can do that. Even if you're on your third string punter, you should be able to consistently do that. There's no excuse for that poor of depth at punting in the Big Ten. There's just no way yeah, it should I, ever happen. I know I've said my piece, but also I can just picture – like, I'm not done with this. I can just picture some fan being, oh, we were on our third punter and we had that block. Just like – I feel like Minnesota fans do. They look at like some stupid, like tiny little fluke of positivity and like that's not indicative and they can't like ever make ch- tough choice of saying fireman. No, they, he sucks. Get rid of the guy. Yeah. The special teams <laughs> has no reason. You can find there's thousands of people on campus. Like Spencer said, go out and have tryouts. Be like, want to be part of the team? It's kind of fun. Get to go to the game, games for free and have the best spot in the thing. You can be a backup punter. You just yep. kick a ball. That's all you do. There's no reason they knew about it. It's not that hard. It really isn't. And you shouldn't be getting paid tons of money to be that terrible, make these mistakes at your job. That once you get up to that money, that profession, no, there's high school, high school uh, special teams coordinators out there that also probably do teach and other stuff that are better than this. I swear there has to, there's no reason you have a giant school in the big 10 and you can't just find a guy to kick a ball. And I'm not saying there's line up and, just it's such an easy part of the game. Only a few plays every game. Do yeah. it well. Well, it's important too, and I'm not saying that it was the e- easiest circumstances. Like, yeah, it was down to our third string punter, and you oh, know geez. the co- the COVID stuff throws it off. 
But to know that much ahead of time and to still just roll that out and not have any sort of better game plan. You know, there was a pandemic. You should have had a plan in, in before. I know. I know. Death. Yep. It shouldn't even be a pandemic that should make you real. Just get an average guy. Get, get yeah. people in their space. Make a tackle. Not that hard. I, like, yeah. So going off that then, too. Some not- random schmuck and start paying them that money. Yeah. And I guarantee you they'll be good at their job if they know what they're doing. Or they will learn to know what they're doing and figure it the hell out. This guy, say- you, just have to, you just have to be so, I don't know. I, maybe it's laziness. I don't know. Something's wrong there. I keep. I keep bringing up trying other people on the team because um, I'm all for like like you mentioned like maybe getting a soccer player like a you know open tryout type thing. But as they've alluded to, uh, they the coaching staff, it is harder to get like just completely new kids on campus or I'm sorry in the facility to practice because they have to they have to sit out a certain amount of days while testing negative to be able to just like join the football team. You know, as like a tryout. I kind of get that part. Otherwise, I'm all for that. But still, you have all these athletes on your team. Especially a lot of the quarterbacks tend to be punters in high school also. I except the smaller ones. I just don't I don't know. I don't get it. How'd they I, make uh, the team in the first place? I mean if we're just talking about punting. Like sorry, what? How'd they make the team in the first place? I, I don't get that. They're like Because they were recruited as walk ons. I'm saying like adding a new body like this before this particular season. Yeah, it's no I'm excuse just, not to have the depth there. I'm just saying if you were trying to like Find a new guy right now. That's what the holdup is. The last point I'll say about this is, you know, if there, we all know the term, you know, next man up, right? We all get it. Yeah. There's it ever time. a time. It's now. And especially, Kurt, you, like you said, you have weeks in advance to know this. You just can't, you cannot allow that to happen. You have athletes on your team. I don't care if you've never punted in your life. Punt for two weeks straight to just get the ball in the air for 30 yards, like you said. It's really, it re- not to sound like, you know, obviously there's more to it, but it is that that simple, you know, just to find an athlete to get that ball in the air. It's not That's like high school football it. where you put like maybe 20 minutes each practice into it. Like you're a punter at college and you know you're going to be the starting kicker for that many weeks or at least a full week in advance. You can't just be practicing for an hour plus on end each week to go kick the ball. Right. If you don't have a guy telling you how to do it just to get the ball off and like distance wise, I mean, what what's the special teams coordinator there for then? I don't understand. I if he can't get the guys to just do at least modify it. Maybe maybe to get the distance he couldn't give you the hang time, but say, okay, well then maybe we're gonna sacrifice a few yards, but we're gonna go directional where he's just gonna kick it out of bounds down a sideline or at least make them run across the sideline, get it to give us more time to go get you know down there and cover the punt. I just, I don't get how that was your one and only and your best option just to be like, well, hope you can kick it 25 yards. Like it, unbelievable. I would almost like to see too, if we could try to add the wrinkle of like the Aussie style kick, have the punt, like have the punter move his feet a little bit, gain like a couple extra yards kind of on the, the run up almost. And two, if we are going to have like situations where we're just going to have to fake it or try to go for it, it kind of adds in that wrinkle anyways, where it's already a lot of moving bodies kind of moving side to side. And usually the rush is a little bit more conservative that way too, that it kind of, I don't know, it makes the opposition think a little bit that anything other than just standing there flat footed and booting it 18 yards or snapping it yeah. here, tight end up back to try to run for a six yard gain against a disciplined Michigan defense. Anything other than that? 
So here's the thing. I didn't think that fake, if you look at it, that you could see on the replay, it was actually there. I agree. I'm not sure if I run that to the tight end, but I suppose once you put a new guy back there, they're instantly keyed. Maybe you can just work a new guy in there to begin with that can run a little faster. But um, Thomas Rush just completely flat out missed the block. They had three guys on that side of the ball, and we had three blockers plus a ball carrier come around to get that five yards. I didn't hate the fake call. Um, it was just terribly executed. Thomas Rush went up against the guy that was uh, – he looked smaller than Thomas Rush, and he just got owned. Like, didn't block him at all, and they just stuffed it. At, I Actually, I think he lost a yard. So that sucked, and that was actually big because, you know, you punt it away. Say you punt it away and make it hold, like hold them. Um, I think you're only down 11 at that point at the half, I think it was at that point. But 14. Either way, it, yeah. Looks, it was brutal. That was just brutal. Um, Dane with the special teams kickoff, so bad. And it's like the coach, again, couldn't make up his mind if we were going to squib it or sky kick, which I don't get how you don't know what you're going to do going into it. They literally just rolled out there, hey, let's try both. And the squib only worked the first time because it caught him off guard. I don't know how. You don't have a guy, you don't just line up like 10 of your guys that you think can kick the ball out of the end zone. You don't have one guy, like a athletic D lineman or linebacker that can just run up as hard as he can and just boot it as far as he can, line drive, kick it out of the end zone. I don't know. I'm not saying it's easy, but something better than that. He really can't kick it that far. He's a kicker. I don't get it. Uh, but is that the same kicker with the groin issue? I think PJ talked about that he's like limited in how... Which I don't get why he's even kicking it all. Why is he man. out like, there? Yeah, what if he gets blocked hard and he strains himself that way? Yeah. Just right. dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't believe the lack of plans we had. Then I'm not putting it all on PJ, but then this is a good segue, I think, to the defense because they kind of used the youth. Would He wouldn't say, but that he kept saying that's on us, but he kept referencing youth on defense, but the youth. You know, the youth. That's what happens with the youth. It's like, okay, Kalen Oliver being out, yes, hurts. I know Sorry Martin is technically a first-year starter. He played in a lot of big games at the end of last year. There's not a lot of excuses for him running around as lost as he was last year or this past game. The defensive front, they're all upperclassmen, and they all played in, like, every game last year to some extent. And if you're telling me there's going to be this big of a drop-off every time we lose like six to seven starters. Now, granted, they were good starters, good players, a couple of them in the NFL. You're telling me it's either it's going to be this big of a drop-off each time you lose that amount of defense, then what are we doing? Like, you can't well, you have PJ, to be able to reload yeah. to some extent. Yes, and PJ, these are your recruits now. Yeah. Like, you, you weren't taking from anyone else's recruits, and you don't have that as an excuse anymore. These are your recruits, and we were still young last year and the year before that. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't like that excuse. Exactly. I felt like he followed up every excuse with, but there's no excuses. Like, well, so this is just not fixable because it didn't really seem to affect Michigan. I know they have like 30 lines studly, but they also lost their top three tacklers and they had plenty of young guys playing defense as Four well. Four new O-linemen. Four. Uh, it just, yeah, it was, ins- it was crazy. I feel like, feel like that's what's going to be the title of this podcast. No excuse. <laughs> Like, so, right, he would lay out, you know, that's what happens with the young guys when you're out there. I mean, you know, Braylon Oliver, and the, you got to go the guy behind him. You're, you're playing the guy that you don't think is going to make the most catastrophic mistakes out there. It's like, EJ, you had 
Kylan Oliver got hurt in the spring. We've had all this time to get these guys ready to at least just know the playbook. If they're that lost out there, then you had you should have known ahead of time you had to play it like oversimplified for them then. You know what I mean? There should have been some sort of adjustment. This on Rossi, we texted about, and I kind of like, you know, at the first half, like, you know, our guys showing flashes. They look like they can't quite get lined up right. If they just make these adjustments, I think, you know, they'll be all right. They've been put in tough spots. They didn't. We looked worse in the second half, I thought. Um, it sounds like if you listen to the players post game, they're kind of, you know, they referenced that some people were trying to do too much. Yeah, and that, that's definitely true. That's what, I don't know if you guys really, yeah, that's what I said about Tanner when he threw that one interception. That you yeah. could just tell he was trying to fit it somewhere where he wouldn't normally have tried that, but you could tell he was desperate and trying to make something happen. Worries. That's, that's normal, I guess. You try and do too much. You knew you were down and you stuff. Just what worries me about the defense is, like, they, the linebackers and guys choosing their lanes are very poor, especially the safeties. Every new guy out there this year, uh, 29, which was Ayun, I think, who would play on, like, the edge at times slash nickel. They'd kind of be, like, a weird edge guy. I'm not sure what he was doing. He just looked slow. Um, just kind of went around him on the end. Uh, our new safety, who I'm now blanking on his name, Tyler something. Tyler, is it Newbin? Yeah, I think Newbin? that's right. Yeah. Um, he took very poor angles. Though, so did Howden, and I was high on Howden coming into this game. I think Howden and Sori Marin are players they are referencing that we're trying to do too much. It's just concerning, like we said, that this is the first year of all Fleck players. And if it's going to be this big of a drop-off every time we lose some experience, that's going to be a problem yeah. going forward into the future. Like you said with angles, it was like almost, I don't know, I wouldn't say scared, but it was like no one wanted to come up and hit a guy. Everyone always kind of like, it was like really not like, D1 football. I felt like all the linebackers and everyone back when there was a run up the middle just kind of like waited for the running back to like run into them rather than meet them at the hole or something that no one did. Yes. It was very like everyone had like concrete in their shoes. It was it was all like we were reading and reacting like okay like trying to diagnose the play while the play is coming at us and the only time we were there to really um, meet the runs was when we blitzed it a few times in the first in the first half. Other than that it's like we were lost. So unless our players knew what gap they were blitzing, they could run anywhere, yeah. and our guys were yeah. just behind trying to read it. It was yeah, the it was weirdest like, thing. It yeah, so definitely it felt tentative overall. And I don't know if that's, that's a, a good word. That's a good. I don't word. know if that's a result of like, have we just not had enough time, like, for padded practice yet? Like, I don't know how much yeah. we couldn't. Everyone has that excuse. But is it? I don't know. Like, if every yeah, I guess all the Big Ten is probably the same. One play though, in I don't know if it's. It's not really like a positive, but there was one play specifically where um, Lindenberg on third down, an lineman came yeah. in and got the tackle for loss, which ended up Michigan then missed a field goal. That was the one play where it was like that. Just play fast. If you're going to be in the wrong spot, get there quickly. And that, That's I mean, right. that was a great play. And it was nice to see a true freshman make a play like that against Michigan. But yeah, for the rest of the game, it was like, where? what are we doing? What is the exact play? After that, I sent the text and like, okay, our defense has shown some flashes. We just got to get lined up because we kind of handed Michigan 21 points, right? I would say the first 21 points, though you could say the same thing about our first seven. I'm sure if you're a Michigan fan, like if we just block that punt, they probably don't get on score. Maybe, yeah. but I mean, you look at it, 70 yard touchdown run, just, you see our linebacker and safety just both fill the wrong way, creating just a wide open 
I mean, he went untouched. That should never, never happen. Good. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I don't know how you have 11 guys on the field and all centered in the middle. No one yeah. gets a hand on them. So, I mean, so you look at that. Okay, that's probably a you know a defensive alignment thing, a mental error. So chalk that up as to a mistake on us. Missed corner blitz. That's kind of on Tanner just as much as Mo, I think, because you kind of got to see him cheating in maybe. It's a tough play. I mean, maybe that one's just like, you know, good play call at the right time. But still, I mean, the running back is supposed to kind of pick up blitzers. But then again, uh, I can't remember who was blocking. I think it was over the center, which would be Michael, uh, John Michael Schmitz. But he did kind of so initially help on pressure up the middle. I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, these are just the plays that suck up. But anyway, so the corner blitz that led directly to touchdown, 14 points right there for them. And then... We came down and tied at a 14, and then just the brutal squib kick where they just ran it back to, like, the, what, 15-yard line? I think 12-yard line, and then they just ran two more plays and scored. Yeah. We also had that costly penalty in the red zone that cost us a touchdown in the first quarter. Yeah, illegal alignment or formation. Michigan also also missed two field goals, so that's six points that should have been. Yeah, could have been worse, right? (laughs) Here's what I'm going to say. The defense, they looked slow. We couldn't get lined up, and those are two very concerning things because that's like a mental, the Mets, the mental aspect of the game, and like the talent of that side of the ball. So I'm not sure how much hope I have for this defense going forward. I mean, we better get smart fast because other teams have fast players. I'm gonna be honest, I didn't think Michigan. Michigan's a good team. I didn't think they looked amazing. Granted, it's the first game. Maybe they will go on to be the second best team in the Big Ten, but I didn't see enough there to be like. Oh well, that's the best team the Gophers are going to play all season. It's like I don't know. We, we still have good. Wisconsin. Like there are so many people just like, wow, Michigan. That's probably the best team we'll see all year. I'm like, uh, hold up a sec. As far as I could tell, they just ran plays first rounder like defensive front pretty easily and just got fast guys the ball in space, which literally every Big Ten team has opportunity to do every big 10 team has a fast guy they can get the ball in space so if that's going to be just a thing that we're going to have to live with this year we're in a lot of trouble like that's not going to fly in this conference yeah they just didn't really make any mistakes they took advantage when we did that's yeah. pretty much it i mean going into that game we said the keys to the game um stop michigan from running the ball right force Milton to have to throw the ball not they ran that. He ran the ball for over eight yards, averaged over eight yards a carry, nearly nine yards a carry. Unacceptable. Um, and it wasn't like one guy was their leading ball carrier. He had, I believe, eight carries. I just had the stats up. Eight, eight carries for 52 yards and a touchdown. His long run of 23 yards. Uh, Charbonnet, four carries, 70 yards and a touchdown. He had the long 70-yard touchdown untouched. I guess the positive is once that happened, we adjusted and stuffed him three times. Um, Haskins, six carries, 82 yards, two touchdowns with a long of 66. That's not, not good. If you look at what made this defense so good last year, Shudy alluded to it earlier, we didn't give up big plays. We made teams drive down the field and beat us, and they usually either ended in a turnover or, you know, eventually we came up with enough stops. So when they're just <laughs> getting these huge plays against us and we look lost out there, I don't have a lot of hope going into this Maryland game to see drastic improvements for this defense. I don't know. Anything else you guys want to add on that side of the ball, or should we move on to the offense? I mean, like you said, that if we said our key to the game was to stop the run, it's you could even look at it, too, that if we did, I mean, Milton, 
he showed his arm talent, but he wasn't that accurate. If we make him throw the ball 30 or 40 times, then it might be a different story. Yeah, never really got to see him with pressure on him, right? Like, so yeah, I don't we know. One sack. <laughs> I thought he looked good. He didn't look anything. He looked good. Extraordinary. extraordinary. If you're a Michigan fan, I think the thing you got to be most happy with is just his composure because he really didn't force anything. Um, oh yeah, no, he was smart. He played it smart. And that's all they needed, which is also depressing. Because I thought, I mean, going into this game, I thought talent-wise. Maybe it'll be this way. Maybe we just really need to grow up on defense, like learning. I don't know. We just, they didn't have to pull out anything special at all to really beat us. No, they, they just, that, that's how, that's how you, I think you can almost want to win, not doing flash day stuff. I mean, hats off to Michigan's O line. Yeah. They found the holes when they needed to a lot of times and were able to move. Oh, right. But I'm just saying, like, as a Gopher fan, that's extremely disappointing to just. <laughs> Looked that bad where they didn't have to really pull out anything special to beat you. Mm-hmm. Just cons- consistently ran their same offense all night. But um, yeah, we'll get into the offense now, quick here. Um, not the offense. If I were to, like, they were fine. They were good. I don't know. I they were all right. Offense. Nope. I, I kind of liked what, uh, like you said, Kurt, our running. I thought Mo did a great job. I mean, he had two touchdowns, carried it for a hundred plus yards. That's really all you could ask for there. And I don't think that Tanner did so bad. He had that interception that was pretty costly, um, almost 200 yards with the touchdown. The most disappointing thing that I would say about the offense, though, was the fact that we had to target Rashad nine times, which is great. But our next receiver was Ottman Bell, and they had one catch, 45 yards, which is good. But we need to get more people into that offensive mix. I know we got Koki. Is it Keift or Keith? I, I know we got him in there. He he had that touchdown, that opening drive. He had another catch as well. Um, but I think we just need to really get more receivers in the mix because everyone's just going to, you know, target on Bateman, double team him or something. And then after that, if we can't go through the, you know, the running game, where are we going to go through the air, you know? So yeah. he's that dynamic he where he could have two people that are guarded, you know, covering him. That, that just leaves one one receiver wide open and we need that guy to step up. So I'm hoping that Here's my one positive probably bit in the whole <laughs> podcast probably. Yeah. I thought again, that's, I'll say that's not a trend though. So I'm not too worried about that. And Bateman looked good and you can tell Tanner trusts him and they, I mean, he obviously should, but I think this is like a very easy learning moment for Tanner Morgan to like not try and do too much, not lose composure. And I think he's the guy that can learn that and be able to spread. We, like, we did get the, the tight end of the ball, which we never do that. So I think it's a big learning moment. But, yeah, that's, that's kind of it. <laughs> yeah. My positive spin, I guess. That's all I got. Um, Max, go, what do you Max, Yeah, go. you can go, Max. Yeah, I mean, pretty much what you guys – sorry. I, I mean, pretty much what you guys said. I mean, Mo looked good. Uh, we knew Bateman, like, he is who he is. He's a stud. Um, I guess just some – comments from the game uh Falele, i think was not on the sidelines i don't know what that means and then dunlap had a cast on his leg apparently so that's not good let's leave that there um we talked a lot about who's going to be rb2 uh we i mean mo had what 26 carries but we did get to see a little bit of trey pats and cam wiley uh but nothing for bryce williams so that was interesting i don't know if he's out or just Performance isn't there yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you can average over five yards a carry, which Ibrahim did, 
against a solid Michigan team and a Don Brown defense. I mean, that's we got something to build off of. I don't think the offense is really too much of a concern, which we'd mentioned in the previous episodes, but uh, that's pretty much it. Great. I have a few more negatives, I guess. Maybe it's just the attitude from this whole game. I have a few more negatives about the offense than you guys <laughs> did. Um, I'll start with Tanner. I thought he was average at best, to be honest. Um, even on some of his nice throws, they ha- found Bateman. I felt like he kind of underthrew Bateman a little bit. A couple times that ended up in catches. Um, he force-fed Bateman. Which isn't always bad, but like he only had eyes for Bateman. Austin Bell had one target on the one catch. That was the only time he got thrown the ball. Um, he was wide open on another play that Tanner missed him on. He also missed a wide open wheel route to Trey Potts. Um, on that fourth down, you know, we tried to run the same exact fade play to Bateman, which that's my only knock on Bateman of that game was uh, he only went up for one hand on that play to the end zone where we ended up turning over on downs on that third down. I don't know why he didn't stick out the, the second hand. It looked like a really nice throw there. But, I mean, it is what it is. And then he slipped on the next play. I don't blame him for slipping, really, though. I mean, that happens. But you know, then Tanner rolls out to his left. does a good job of keeping the play alive and then just fires it over a wide-open Mo. That was that was tough. Um, but, yeah, I, I just thought Tanner focused too much on Rashad. Like, Chris Hoppin Bell is a really good receiver. Um, I think we have really good players to get the ball to. So I, I think he just needs to let it happen naturally, like throwing the ball to Bateman. Um, yeah, so that, that's my main critique for Morgan, I guess. Just let it happen naturally. Uh, he was under a lot of pressure, and a part of that was just because we were behind. So my second criticism, I guess, would be our pass protection was oh, yeah, not, I didn't even... not great. Um, it stinks because, yeah, uh, Blaze Andrews was not – a great pass protector from right tackle spot. Um, granted, he's going out against like an NFL defensive um, all night, but it's just it, Fall Lele, you can tell, was the better pass protector comparing the two from, you know, this year and last year. Thought maybe we, I don't know, maybe we need to start using the tight end more on some pass plays to chip quick and give him some help. But when you're down by that much, you know, and throwing the ball at like every play down the stretch there, trying to catch up, it's tough to give like a, like a, out great on the pass protection so maybe it'll be better as we run the ball more because if we keep running the ball more which i think we will um i expect it to be better going forward just keeping the defense off balance uh so pass protection's gotta get better and here's the thing with the use of bateman we put him in the slot a lot and that was very confusing to me we, we never really took shots down the field to him in the first half at all we never really took shots to him and that was just baffling to me considering all the times on the outside, Michigan was just going to man-to-man with receivers. That's get, true. Get moving. I honestly didn't think about that until now that you said that. But, yeah, like, I, that was totally the vibe of it. Grant, Never... I had two shots after uh, – <laughs> tequila shots after Tanner threw that interception. Yeah. I, I just don't get why we didn't take more shots down the field early on to him in that ball game when yeah. it was still a game. I, I didn't yeah, I didn't yeah. like that at all. He has to be the number one option. He has to He's, get out wide, beat the man, go downfield, and catch the ball. You no, know, um, and I love him in the slot, and you can put him there to get him the ball at times. But he's mix it up. He's a true like out, especially in college football. He's a great outside threat that can mm-hmm. just run any route and get open, especially against man coverage. I, I, that was really surprising to me, and I did not like that. I hope they go back to using him more on the outside because Ottman Bell was the underneath guy last year anyway. You can use him in the slot more than more than just like force feeding Bateman. 
And uh, the last thing I'll say on the the offense, which again, like I said, the start, I thought it was solid. It was a lot better than what we saw to start out as last year. But I felt like a lot of the new looks should have been like, it felt like all the new looks were the, now the primary offense and that the, the RPOs felt kind of secondary, even though that was our bread and butter last year. I felt like we could have gone back to more RPO stuff because a lot of the times it was there. We had to adjust to like the pass rush a lot of times, but a lot of the RPO stuff was there when we ran it. And that should have been probably a primary thing again uh, going into this game, I thought. But it felt like we just felt like we had to protect Tanner as long as we could and just run these kind of different like tight end underneath stuff, you know, which I'm fine with getting the tight ends more involved. But I felt like we could have just stuck a little bit more to our normal RPOs and taking shots deep to Bateman. I don't know. What do you guys think? It also seemed like we didn't do a lot of screens because I feel like if you mix up with the deep threat with screens too, and if you're able to get a deep pass off the Bateman, then you have people backpedaling, and then you could throw out a screen, and then stuff just kind of opens up that way if you can't, not say more to bad, but I mean, you can't really get the run going when you have to pass. Oh, that's a that's a great point. Um, I don't recall us running any screens, really. And one of the things um, that people brought up on Twitter that are smarter than me, uh, it was actually Derek Burns. Former Gopher offensive lineman uh, who joins Ryan Burns on his podcast at times. He brought it up on Twitter when some of those RPOs are getting delayed, right? Like they get pressure, so Tanner has to readjust, and the throw doesn't happen as quick as it does. He brought up, Sam, the screen's a great counter to that because that slows down the pass rush and lets those RPOs develop a lot nat- a lot more naturally mm-hmm. and give you those throwing lanes that you want to make those happen. So overall, I thought the offense... Uh, you know, was solid. Definitely did enough to give us a chance to win that game if they had any sort of help on special teams and defense, I think. But um, yeah, I just thought there were some things that I was surprised we didn't try more often, like going deep to Bateman and using them on the outside and just, I don't know, I felt like we really stayed away from the RPOs um, till later in the, till we got closer to the start of the second half. But I don't know, other than that, it was tough to complain. I thought we ran the ball really well. A lot better, honestly, than I thought we might against this uh, Michigan team because they were fast. I'll give them that. Their defense was very fast at the linebacker position. But, uh, you know, Mo bounced off a lot of guys. I was surprised they kept them in as long as they did. I mean, 26 carries and using them as a lead blocker for the other backs. That was awesome to see, though. I love that wrinkle. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot to build off going forward for the offense. And I think it's going to be very important that they keep running the ball because. Ball possession is going to be huge if the defense is going to be as lost as they currently are. One other quick negative on offense. I didn't love the, I think we went to it twice, the Rashad Bateman jet sweep. Um, I mean, I know I get trying to put the ball in your, you know, your most talented player's hands, but I think we could just as easily get the ball in his hands five yards downfield rather than three yards deep. Especially it didn't work at all the first time. We kind of went back to it again and it was like, it, uh, what did you see the first time? Like, I think we ran it once too in like plus, like low plus red zone territory, and it was like, why yeah. are we kind of killed that drive that close? Yeah, just don't well, drop to really, blow if you're gonna do something like that. Like, and it really wasn't that creative, right? I mean, it's like here he is. Oh, Bateman's lined up in the slot. Watch for him. Oh, now he's motioning. Now he's getting the ball. It's like the attention was always on him, and now you're just giving him right. the ball around the edge, which. With we didn't block the edge grade. Yeah, I was going to say, with questionable edge O-line play, it's not, uh, <laughs> not a good combination. <laughs> I chalked that into us just trying to force-feed Bateman a little too much. 
And don't get me wrong. He's he's a great talent. He's going to probably be a first-round draft pick, depending on how many quarterbacks get taken. But, yeah, I – I think I think he's good enough where you just run the offense naturally and he's going to get his eight catches, 100-plus yards, and a touchdown every game probably going forward. I think, you know, he's that good of a player. You just got to let it happen naturally. And Chris Oppenbell went up and made a play on that only target he got. So I'd like to see him just get involved too. And I think that's a little bit on Tanner just getting locked on Bateman. But um, another thing I'll bring up, I was surprised. I'm not going to be surprised anymore because it gets hyped up every time and that never happens. Uh, in span four, just not getting the football, especially in the red zone. He's out there in the red zone and we just don't throw him the football. I don't understand, but we have better blocking tight ends. I mean, that's not necessarily his strength and he's not necessarily bad at it, but I mean, the other tight ends on the roster are like out there to block for the most part. And, and then we bring out span forward in the red zone and we just don't use him. It, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, he can create a pretty good size mismatch. I don't know why. I mean, he's six seven, got hops. I don't. I, you can't draw up a better red zone target. So I don't know. I don't know. Especially having him run off the other side, of the, like on the other side of the field from that from that play, we kept trying to run the fade to Bateman. Which I'm not mad. We try to fade to Bateman, like the corner fade. Why not have like another option for for Morgan to go to, like six seven guy coming across or to the back of the end zone. I don't know. I don't know. But like we said, I think there's enough there that we can build off it going forward. We do in our word of the game. Let's uh let's do it. Uh do you have one in mind, Max? Am I frozen? I didn't hear what you said, Kurt. Yeah, you've been, oh, I said do you want to podcast you've been like silent. And you guys have been glitchy for me, so I wonder what this is actually gonna sound like. But oh well. Um I just asked what your guys' word of the for the game was. <laughs> <sighs> Um, yeah, me first. Um, the word for me is a dud. Um, it just, <laughs> and I don't say that because, like, it was, you know, it's, you know, the start of the Big Ten season where we got game day, right? You're here in Minneapolis, big night for the jug, us against Michigan, and it just was a dud for us. You know, kind of came out flat. Um, saw some good things on offense, defense, not so much, and especially not de- special teams. Kind of turned out to be not a very competitive game. So for that, I say dud. I'd say, um, see, I was, I was in between sad. I was thinking sad at first, just because it was sad, plain and simple. But I'm gonna say with typical. That that whole start just felt like that old school go for stuff where it's like. Yeah, we blocked the punt. Yeah, let's go. Like momentum's on our side, and immediately it just switches and just that run up the middle and everything else, and then it just devolved into this crap shoot. And yeah, that, that, that's all I gotta say. By the way, I think college game day is banned until we get this thing turned around because they've came twice now, and it's not been a good game for us either time. So I don't have to come here anymore, and we don't want them. We've gotten our experience. <laughs> Yeah, for me, the general feeling was deflated. It started off, you know, the buildup for the season starting, you're playing for the jug, primetime, game day, whole list of things that I get excited about, along with, like you said, Sam, the quick start and kind of the the spark it seemed like we were going to have. And then it just died. It just kind of killed the rest of the evening. I was not in a good mood, which sounds dumb. I was trying to not let it bother me that much, but... I mean, it's just. I could sleep. <laughs> just drink. 
I just felt like I just felt like I was walking around with like a gray cloud over my head the rest of the night. Like I was trying to have a good time the rest of the night and just forget about it. You know, we go to the bar and then it's there on the TV the last fourth quarter and you're like, oh god. I turned into like an alcoholic. And... <laughs> I mean, it's a goal for games, so it's like, all right, you shouldn't go to booze for your paint. I'm like, and so then I just started drinking it more heavily since I was already out. I guess my word would be <laughs> worrisome because this game kind of makes me really change my outlook for my hopes for this season. I'm not going to lie. I'm not trying to be a huge downner, but it does. Oh. No, it oh, does. It, that it's hurts. a typical game. Oh. Like, you're, you don't want to have that Minnesota pain. There's already, like, that feeling, and they had addressed it last year. Remember, they are like, this isn't that same team that well, yeah. it kind of is because you just had that game. <laughs> but hopefully we end up having a productive mm-hmm. season like last year. We started off terribly, almost losing to a FCS team. And then the yeah. next two games were also terrifying. Hopefully we pick it up a little bit faster than that. But <laughs> I, <hope> so. <laughs> I just let's not go to overtime with Maryland, please. <laughs> I mean, for reasons for reasons we said though, like this defense has me worried. Our special teams, I'm not gonna believe they're gonna be competent until they prove it, which they haven't they for over ever. no, you you need a, over a full season guy. now. Um you need a different guy playing it some So yeah, I'm just I'm worried now for what this team will do going forward. Because I'm going to be honest, I don't know how many teams in the Big Ten we would have beat this past Saturday. Not many. Maybe maybe Maryland and maybe Sparty. I don't think we would have beat Rutgers. I really don't. With how poorly our defense played. We put up points on Sparty, and granted, Sparty's not that great this year, but I'm not sure we would have beat Illinois. Because they, they didn't get, I mean, they got blown out, but their defense didn't give up like, bombs. Wisconsin just drove down the field and scored. Um, and their quarterback, Wisconsin, I didn't see anything different that he couldn't run on us. We don't have the defense Wisconsin does. Uh, Northwestern put up 45 points, and they didn't make a lot of mistakes at all. So probably would have just outcoached us and beat us this past week. And I'm sounding so negative, but I'm just saying it was not good, and it needs to get better fast if we're going to have any chance at winning the West. And that's what I'll just end on. I'm worried, but hey, we control our own destiny still for the West. Let's just go forward with that. Jeez. At least we didn't, <laughs> uh, at least we didn't uh, wind up in the quarterback situation that Wisconsin's in. That is our... We'll get to that in a second. Um, well, they're not even playing now, so we'll get to that in a second here. But let's preview Maryland now. We're going to transition. Alright, we just had our therapy session. So let's look yeah. at Maryland. Max, what are your thoughts? Where do you want to start with previewing Maryland? Um, I mean, I can start with their offense. Uh, Tua's younger brother wrote his name down. See if I butcher this. Tywila. 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 Tagovailoa. No idea. Um, I mean, this is only going to be his second career start. Um, he looked pretty shaky last week. Um, I don't know. I mean, our pass rush is going to have to improve mightily. Uh, for us to have success, I think our linebackers have to step up and make plays. They're not going to have, obviously, that same you know, downhill rush attack that Michigan's going to have. It's going to be a little more east-west, but we still got to be able to play fast and keep up with them. Um, we got to, I mean, we kind of alluded to it uh, with the Charbonnet run as an example, that if our defense can't get lined up and we can't you know, handle motions or sort of wrinkles in the offense, if we can just keep it simple... Um, I know Maryland is usually athletic, even though they don't always have, you know, the most talent on their teams that they are fast and they can, you know, 
throw stuff at you that maybe I haven't seen before. So honestly, for our defense, it's just go back to go for football. Just tackle, play hard, play fast, be disciplined. Don't do what we did last week. Yeah. Like it. Um, kind of to pick off off of what you just said, Max, um, we all know that Maryland likes to hit the edge, and if they get there, they could break out in plays. Um, we saw a few years ago that Maryland did just that against us, and we lost that game. Um, it was pretty awful, and uh, I know that they only scored, they only got 64 rushing yards against Northwestern, but Northwestern to me always has a pretty solid defense. I know they had a really down year last year, but I can't imagine that, you know, they're as bad as last year. And we kind of do look slow on defense. And like you said, Max, if we can't line up, we won't be able to win the game. Um, not to mention that, you know, Maryland did have four turnovers, a fumble loss, three interceptions. Um, I doubt that we can force that many turnovers. If we can, great. Um, but just knowing our D and what I just saw, I, I'm not so sure. Um, I think that that'll be the biggest thing. Just stop the run primarily and then make them go to the air, especially with this young quarterback and um, at Maryland. Um, otherwise, I just think that, you know, we just have to play sound, responsible football. Don't turn the ball over. Don't get penalized. Don't give up the big play. And, and just play our game. Yep. Uh, like you so, guys already. But my Sam. thoughts. I'm kind of giving up on. I'm going to focus on offense. Um, yeah. Defense is probably not going to improve enough if, at all. So, <laughs> same with special teams. So, offense, this is all on your shoulders. <laughs> Spread out the ball and beat, beat them in the shootout. I don't know. Maybe you get <laughs> lucky and someone fumbles the ball on defense and it just happens to land in our hands. Yeah, it's just offense needs to spread the ball and play play a good game. I'm just not trusting the guns. That's my key. All right. I like the honesty. Um, yeah, so our offense should be looking their chops going into this game. You look at a brutal Northwestern defense from the prior year coming into this game and putting up 45 points on this Maryland team, giving up big run plays too. So Moe's got to be licking his chops. Our offensive line, just be ready to run the ball because you're going to want to protect it. Um, just keep them off the field because your defense, you know, you never know what's going to be going on there. Uh, so I'm not too worried about the offense. Just protect Tanner. Um, don't try. I, I mean, it's obvious, but don't try and get obvious passing situations. And, uh, you know, I think our offenses should be superiorly talented compared to the Maryland defense. So I'm not too worried about the offense as long as they don't turn the ball over. Um now, Maryland doesn't have McFarland finally. He seemed to always kind of kill us, except the last year, I guess. But when you look at their their rushing, they had 21 carries for only 64 yards. But Spencer said they like getting guys on the edge. They had a couple of long runs, like uh, their, run, their one back Funk. He had a long rush of 24 yards. Uh, Boone had another one of 18 yards. So they've got some big run plays. And Northwestern is usually pretty sound on defense, so I can only imagine that those probably would have been taken to the house against us with how we played last week. Wow, I sound so negative right now, but I'm just being honest. That's how I feel. Um, defensive front has to like set an edge. At least make them turn up into the flow of linebackers and safeties. We didn't have an edge set at the DNs um, really all night, and I don't know if that was part of the plan scheme-wise weird as that sounds but it seemed like we purposely tried to like stay parallel with the line of scrimmage and just react to them the whole time which didn't work clearly so 
Yeah, just get lined up. Just line up and play simple defense. Say, you got this gap, you got this gap. Like, play like a high school defense where you just know your responsibility on each play call and just play. Make Maryland drive down the field and beat you because they were so turnover prone. Um, yeah. yeah. I'll go straight into my score prediction. I don't know the over-under. We are favored by 20 points. I just don't see that happening, winning by that much. I'll go golfers win it 45-32. to 32. Something like that. 45-32, Gophs win. Um, I know they only put up three points last week, but Tua's going to be making a second. Tua. Tua's a little bro because I can't pronounce his first name. He's going to be making a second start. He's going to be better. Um, if they just protect the ball, I think they'll be able to score points because we'll get lost and probably give up a few big run plays to their athletes. So I think it'll be a shootout, but I think the Gophs in the end just outscore them, kind of like what Sam said. I'll go 45-32, Gophs. Yeah, the opening line, we were favored by 17.5, and, and it has moved to 20 points. Um, the over-under is 62.5, so they're expecting a lot of scoring to happen. Um, I'm kind of with you. I think I mean, I mean, think our offense will be able to score at will. I do think our defense will maybe step up a little bit. Um, either we just so. play better, and I, I just don't see Maryland not making any mistakes. Uh, but I'm going to say we're going to win 48-24. to 24. I'm not going to cover, but think we'll win handling i think the first half could be close though isn't 48 24 covering it's 24 oh, yeah. right yep you're right because we are 20 points yep <laughs> right. <We> well, <laughs> not so fast <laughs> <laughs> no um i think that the gophers will finally pick it up this game i'm thinking that um i'm not so sure that we'll get the 20 to cover but i am confident that we'll win this game Offensively, I think we're scored 35 points. Defense lets up 17. Go for football, win 35 to 17. Like that. That actually might make sense, especially if we're just going to control the, like try and control the ball the whole time, you know, keep them off the field. That could be right. I guess I'm just super pessimistic today. (laughs) Hopefully Friday changes, changes my attitude. I'm sorry, Gopher fans. I just thought, I really thought we were going to be competitive with Michigan, and I think we should have been, but. Feel like the coaching let us down. The I want to say the players let me down. I don't want to sound like that fan, but we just didn't play well, you know. Hey, maybe like, we, maybe but, we see them right after this this crossover. We get to see a round two. Maybe we, we play well that game. Maybe I did say they're going to try and avoid rematches, but I would love a rematch to get another shot at the jug because want it bad. But go ahead, Sam. What's your final score prediction for this one? God, I could see this two ways. I could see it being just complete shootout, or I can see it we just like we're just controlling the ball and we don't really pass a lot, but uh, the way like we made changes and that's we're just trying to make sure our deep but screw it. I'm gonna just go forty eight thirty. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So there you have it. We all predict a gopher's victory. Hey, and how big would this be though? You get the win, so you're back in the win column. You know, Nebraska and Wisconsin don't play, but and then you're following games against Illinois, who, I mean, granted, it was Wisconsin, but, I mean, that's a game you definitely should think you can win. So, I'm not buying. They said this is Lovey's best defense that he's had all year, or since he's been there. Um, that's true. And, sorry, Lovey, you might be gone after this season. But, oh, so the Gophers have an opportunity to get on a nice little run here before the big game against Iowa. I, that That is my, if we win the pig this year, I'll take it. That's where I'm at right now with this Gopher team. I yeah, want the pig. You got to win that pig. I want the pig. That's number one on the list. 
I mean, Iowa's probably sick to their stomach too with losing to Purdue, with Purdue not having their head coach or Rondale Moore last game. That's got to be sickening. But hey, we got stomped on prime time in front of everyone. The most watched game on ABC this season. Yeah. Not great. <laughs> oh. Would you guys rather relive this last weekend or the Halloween game? Halloween Ooh. game. Halloween game. I probably. Yeah. It was less, like, I was sad for a less amount of time. We're a competent football team that game in the Halloween game. And we should have won that one, too. And that one was heartbreaking. But this one was just, this one was embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. it was embarrassing. You want to build on this momentum you captured last year. I'm not saying this game was a must win, but to just come out that unprepared and that flat was just sad. Because now everyone's just back to, oh, Minnesota's a one-hit wonder. Not that it really matters what everyone thinks of you, per se, but when you're trying to build up, and Flex's been good at recruiting, but it's not going to stay great if you don't win these games or stay that, competitive. The stigma of that is not good for recruiting. No way. Exactly. But yeah. I mean, what? it's just a big missed opportunity. That's what I guess I should, how I should phrase it. But not off the boat. Not off the boat wagon here. It's just season is just, I don't know. No. Defense, let's go. Coach Wagner, please. Get going. Get these kickers kicking. Good. That's all I got. <laughs> what if we come out and we try to like I don't know, like a back heel kick, just something crazy, just something out of left field, punt with your left foot. More than thirty yards, it's a win. Yeah, I mean, maybe you just have Tanner Morgan pooch kick it, make them think you're going sure. for it, and you just I don't know. There was a Do, team that's been doing that all season. I can't remember who it was. It was like early before uh, the main team started. Uh, before the Power Five started, there was a team that just kept punting with the quarterback. I can't remember who it was now, but was it? Maybe that, that's what like we do. New, was that Arkansas State? It could have been. Yes, yes, I think it was because they did it every time that opening game against like San Antonio or whoever it was. Yeah. So we're on um, an Arkansas State level special teams. That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I guarantee you, uh, our our special teams coordinator makes. At least triple what theirs does. Yeah. At least, <laughs> like yikes! Oh man. So anyway, uh, there's some other stories that broke today that we got to talk about because it's Big Ten, baby. And it, it it's just it, I think this definitely added into my negative attitude because it was just so avoidable by Kevin Warren and the Big Ten leadership. Um, Nebraska versus Wisconsin, which was shaping up to be a very interesting game, um, isn't going to happen. Because it's canceled. Uh, Wisconsin was like all of their quarterbacks except the fourth string tested positive. They had other players uh, and coaching staff test positive, including head coach um, Paul Christ. Chris. Is it Christ? Christ? I think it's Christ. 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 Don't call him Christ. Good. Never. Okay. Uh, Chris testing positive. Um, it's sound, you know, I've seen several reports that they didn't have to close down, but they were getting close to that threshold that you have to close down. I don't necessarily blame them for closing down. Like Wisconsin shouldn't be punished for this, and they're not. I mean, I know contest isn't, but if you just start the season earlier, you have these built-in bye weeks where you can make this game up. It just it gave you no flexibility going in. Everyone knew this was bound to happen, 
it's almost like the Big Ten wanted this to happen just to say, see, you guys want to play? Look at all the difficulties running into it. It's like, this was so avoidable, though. It was all avoidable if you just started the season earlier, mid-September, like you initially said, with that all-conference nine-game schedule. Well, not and, only that, uh, what are they supposed to do for the next three weeks? Yeah, well, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't get why I mean, the negative tests don't let you come back. If you follow the CDC guidelines and what every other college program. football conference is doing... <laughs> Not even just football, just the CDC's guidelines in general. Right. <laughs> but the Big Ten is on a mission to show that they care more, I guess. Spencer, what are your thoughts? You're actually in that kind of industry. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's if you don't have the virus, you don't get other people sick. It's that simple. You're going to pay all the money to do all this testing and everything, right? So naturally, yeah. if you don't have it, you can't spread it. So it is a little ridiculous. You know, that you have to sit out for three weeks. Um, if you have the virus in your system for three weeks, by all means, quarantine. Um, though, I mean, it's hot, it's not it's not really likely, you know, I guess, give or take. But it, it's obviously out of spite, like Curtis was saying to us. It, you know, you wanted football that bad. That means you have to follow these strict guidelines in order to play. Which, yeah, that's true, but... I, I can't say that people are purposely contracting the illness. Yeah, you're going to get a couple of kids who go out and get sick because they made a, the wrong decision. But what about that kid that is diligent and his teammate does it? He comes back and gives them the ill. Now you got to sit out for three weeks because of someone else. Or maybe you just go, you just get it because, I mean, it's everywhere now, especially in Wisconsin. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it, it is a little ridiculous. I get the whole being safe, but I mean, you just, there are ways to do it and they're not doing those things. It's a level-headed man, folks. Listen, anyone in the big <laughs> I don't know all the protocols, but like, how do they handle if there is a false positive? You can come back. It's just so they do the quick test or I don't know what the technical term is for these like daily tests. But once you get a positive on that, then they do like the nasal swab test. I'm sure Spencer knows this better yes. than I do. But Why then they do like source. So there is what's called the antigen test. And the antigen test checks for proteins of the virus. And sometimes that can lead to false positives. But it could also say false negatives too. But it's highly unlikely. That's why they do the secondary PCR test, which is very, very um, likely that, you know, you do have the illness if you do, if that test comes back positive. Um, so that's why they do two, two of the testing. The PCR, the no swab, is more expensive than the antigen. So they spend more money on the antigen because, you know, if it comes back positive or negative, it's highly likely that whatever that comes back with is, is the same as the PCR, but there's always that discrepancy of air within it. So Spencer, you just took me back to my microbiology class in uh, Winona state university. Beautiful. Yeah. And sorry, I, I said that there's a high possibility that it's a false negative. Not, that's not the case. False positives. That is a high possibility. Oh, I gotcha. That's why the PCR test can confirm that, or it, it might confirm that you don't have. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, it's just, especially because it just comes, right? Even if even if the Big Ten leadership didn't do it out of spite, which what we're speculating on, it's just a bad look, right? Put out this schedule, oh, yeah. nine-game all-conference schedule to start mid-September, 
and then was it three or four days later canceled the season? Mm-hmm. And there's reports of them trying to bully or convince all the other conferences into joining them to cancel and just wait till spring or something, or just cancel it altogether. Other conferences come up with you know a better plan, which is kind of what the Big Ten's plan was initially, which was just hey conference starting mid-September built in bye weeks to make up games if you can and you know still do the conference championship you can still have the college football playoff and they're going through it now pretty successfully I mean look at Florida Florida's team is hitting a lot of um grown-up test positives but they're still on track to play almost all of their games just with the built-in bye weeks that they have so it just makes the Big Ten look so bad for pushing the season off so late when they could have even made saved it again with their coming back earlier than they did instead we wait waited back longer into covid season if no flexibility i mean look at wisconsin you probably had the best team in the west no doubt but now without the ability to make up games if they miss one more i think i don't know if they qualify to make the big 10 championship game just a no contest i couldn't imagine so i that's what i was going to ask you guys what does that mean i mean if the west shape it shakes out where you know, say us in Wisconsin are, you know, tied and oh, they have no contest on it, on their schedule. What does that mean? So they'll go strictly by winning percentage, oh, I guess. But um, you need to play at least six games to qualify for postseason, I guess. So I guess I would assume yeah. that would be the Big Ten championship game. Um, so I don't know if that, yeah, I guess though. Yeah, but winning percentage will be skewed even just by one game. Well, right, and Nebraska, if you're looking at either way, like Nebraska might be looking like, oh, Wisconsin is going to be down to their fourth-string quarterback. We just missed out on a great opportunity to pick up a win and potentially, you know, gain some steam in the West. Or if you're Wisconsin, it's like, oh, Nebraska was one of the bottom teams last year. We just missed out a chance to get maybe one of our easier wins, like get a leg up in the West. You know, now they're going to get everyone back for, of course, us, which, I mean, that's good for Wisconsin. And you know what? I'd rather just play them full strength anyway. It's just football that way but um i I mean no there no one wins in this situation including the big 10 you're losing money by not having this game so i i really it just doesn't make much sense to me and i think everyone's mad at the big 10 or we just look bad to everyone and we kind of look like a joke to be honest not getting our crap together but yeah it's what it is and uh i guess we'll focus on the college football that will be played max do you have games for us to pick the spreads for Oh, yes, I do. Um, <laughs> Where did we end up last time? And Spence, I stole all your money, don't I? You sure do. I paid Max today. Yes, thank you, Curtis, for that. I honestly forgot about it. I got the email that I had a Venmo. I had the email from Venmo that Curtis Felton paid me. And for a split second, I thought it was like a spam email. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm getting, getting yeah, gypped here. Who's... <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, because, yeah, you said Clemson. All right. Um, Spencer and Kurt have a reason to be happy, although the Gophers looked abysmal. Leading the way at ten and four, Sam and I rounding out, playing for third place at six and eight. Um, we're all pretty, pretty uh, equal. Not too much spread as far as a clear winner, clear loser yet. But there's a lot of football to be played. Um, first game. This one I picked because it surprised me. I don't know why the points are the way they are. I honestly didn't look too much into it, but Kansas State is playing at West Virginia. West Virginia is a three and a half point favorite, even though Kansas State is ranked, I believe, 16th. 
I, that is a tough one. It is. They're make like the fact that West Virginia is favored and they're at home leads me to believe that there's some reason that they are favored by three and a half points, mm. and it's a it's a reason I did not have the you know I didn't look into it. But I'm going to yeah. take Kansas State and the points. If I'm getting three and a half, I think they've looked solid. West Virginia's been, I don't know, they've been okay. I'm going to take Kansas State. Man. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Kansas State as well. I can't see, even if West Virginia wins the game, I think that it's only by a field goal, which gets you in winning territory. I think that Kansas State wins the game um, outright. Um, but man, that is a tough one. That's a good choice. I'm gonna be honest. I zoned you out. Um, you said Kansas State and Virginia. What was it? West Kansas Virginia? West Virginia. West Virginia's three and a half point favorite. Oh, Kansas State. I got. It. Yeah, I think Kansas State's just gonna win the game. So I'm going Kansas State. Um, feel like I haven't caught a whole lot of West Virginia football to be honest here. So yeah. I'm gonna. I'm also I'm more comfortable. Ball. Kansas State looked good. I'm more comfortable going with Kansas State. I know they had that one bad loss early, but they've recovered, beat Oklahoma. So um, I'll go. They beat Oklahoma, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to remember their big win. Yeah, it was Oklahoma. Uh, Yeah, I'll pick Kansas State. All right. Only the third game so far that we've all picked the same. Uh, The other ones were we all picked Iowa last week. We all lost. And we all picked Ohio State last week. And we all won because Ohio yeah. State stomped Nebraska. Well, we all, <laughs> Again, we that also, was a 26-point. <laughs> <laughs> we also all picked uh, the Gophers to cover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, another interesting one, uh, just based on, honestly, both teams' performances last week. Indiana is at Rutgers. Indiana finds themselves ranked this week, and but Rutgers is a ten and a half point underdog. Uh, I think that's still too close. I think Indiana wins by eighteen. Indiana by twenty-one, easy. Uh, I'm getting... Indiana, I'm respecting Indiana. Indiana, I believe in Rutgers won this past weekend. I must give them a little credit. They looked better than they did last year, though I do, I am not a believer still. Oh man, that's tough. Ten and a half points. Right, I think it's. I think it is tough, though. Those grad have all those grad transfers were like three and four star guys off of like Michigan. They took they took people from like every team in the Big Ten almost last season. It seems like as transfers. Um, they just beat Sparty by eleven. Granted, Sparty did turn the ball over seven times. Oh man, I think Indiana is legit, but oh, man, one and a half points. I think Rutgers is solid. I don't, solid for Rutgers, so be different. Do it. I think that Do line it. set really well. Do it. Mm. Don't be don't be scared yet. Indiana won thirty five zero last year. Yeah, I'll, well, fine, fine. I'll go Indiana by twelve. They cover closer than the experts think that aren't in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, Rutgers gonna is gonna win outright now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is how that's gonna go. Uh the next one close SEC battle. We've got LSU and Auburn, two teams that have definitely disappointed their fans so far. <laughs> um, I I went back and forth on this and honestly, I think it's going to be so even that I'm just going to take Auburn in the points. Um, hopefully Bo Nix can find Seth Green a couple times. Maybe their What's defense. 
Did you say the uh, spread? Sorry, Auburn is a three-point favorite. This has been pretty bad. Auburn's really only three wins are because the referee messed up and kind of gave them favorable calls. That being said, Auburn makes some plays sometimes. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'll go Auburn. Auburn's got three points. Yeah, I'll take Auburn just to win, and I'm just going to take my chances that'll be by more than three. So, yeah, I'll go I'll go Auburn. Yeah, Auburn's going to win this game. LSU's been – both teams have been disappointing. LSU especially. Um, I don't think that they figured out this game. Auburn wins and covers. I got Auburn as well. I just, as much as I think they're frauds, and I think Bonex might be the most overrated college football player, I'll still take Auburn. LSU just lost too many players. Yeah. All right. Three for three so far. We're all in uh, agreement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next, moving to the Big 12, we've got Texas and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, it's another tricky one. You don't really know what kind of Texas team is going to show up, but it seems like Oklahoma State's been on a roll. Uh, they can score a lot of points. For the Big 12, their defense is actually pretty solid. So hey, I'm going to take... We're trying to persuade our votes. I'm going to take saying. Oklahoma State. Stunts, <laughs> you go. What's the spread? Oklahoma State is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Oh, you know what? I, I think Oklahoma State's the real deal this year. Um, I'm going to go with them, too. I think that they cover. Um, yeah, I guess I, I don't have much else to say. Sam, what do you think? Kurt, uh, honestly, I was just going to pick different. Okay. No one else picked different, but I was going to pick Oklahoma. If you're going to pick different, I'll stay with Oklahoma. Ah, man, picked. Shoot. I think this is really tough. Something inside of me. Just tells me Texas might upset them. I don't know. Take, take Texas, Texas to cover. Take Texas to cover. Ooh, now I kind of want to pick Texas. Now just to make it like get some spread. Then we have like a true one, two, three, four. Hmm. I'll play Oklahoma. Screw you. It's Oklahoma State, Chas. Oklahoma State. <laughs> oh, you swore now. I'm going to say, I'll, maybe I'll let this out. I must be on mm-hmm. such a delay because... Every time I talk, everyone talks like five seconds after me in response to what I say. It's been throwing me off all podcasts. So, listeners, I am sorry. We will try and be better, but you know, until they pay me the big buck, I'm might just need a switch. Oh, this, yeah. gonna have to, this is gonna have to be how it is. We need a switch where we're doing this. Maybe. I mean, we've we've tried two two things now. You're gonna listen to this. This is gonna be really funny. It's good. For those of you listening too, we do have a video, uh, like our video on on our computers, so like we can see Kurt talking, but there's like five seconds where we're all sitting there like. Max says the spread and then Curtis out he said it minutes ago or like seconds ago and then Kurt's like Max what's the spread and he just said it <laughs> well I think it happened earlier too I was like talking about the offense and then there's like on another point as you're and we got the tight end in the game. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, see, yeah. no, that's what I meant to him earlier. As you said it on my end. And and you reacted like 30 seconds later. So I think it's just my audio is super delayed because I think I'm hearing you guys in live time. It's just my audio isn't getting to you guys for some reason. I think it has something to do with, it has something to do with like my, 
being the host for Craig to record us here, but uh, I I don't know. It's been it's been odd. And it's not every time. It's just randomly. Like sometimes you start talking, you can hear you. But sometimes you're talking, and it's like your video lights up. Like it hears you talking, but there's yeah. no sound. And I'm just like, oh. See, most of the time, Max, I'm gonna switch that up. I'm gonna go with Texas. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> oh, it's super late. So have it just thinking about and over. Wait, is this delayed audio too? Or... <laughs> no, that's just... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'm going to be honest. And I don't know if, like I was saying, because it's with Greg recording kind of through my thing. Uh, that sounds weird. But um, like all of your guys' video, except Sam's, is always frozen. Oh, I never actually know when you guys are talking because sometimes you guys are talking. And the most of the time, Max is just frozen like this. At his computer, the hands up on the keyboard, and then Shitty's always just like, "Yeah, yeah. Shitty's always <laughs> got some stupid." So he's on. always like, "I already know." It's always because because Spencer usually starts off, you know, and it's always just like the yeah. that face that gets stuck and frozen on my screen. So I never know when I'm going to be jumping in over people, and then I guess today it doesn't matter because my audio's coming in so late anyway. But, yeah, who knows? Everyone just don't respond to Kurt for like. <laughs> on that note. We got three more games. Next, we got a big spread. Mississippi State is at Alabama. Alabama is favored by 31 points. And I'm going to take the tide. I don't think uh, Mississippi State's offense can move the ball against this defense. They've looked terrible. I think Alabama might win by 50. (laughs) I'll jump in here. Not so fast. Alabama (laughs) lost Waddle. He's a huge, huge threat anytime he touches the ball. I do think the offense will take a half step back, but it doesn't matter. Bama covers. Bama. I just typed it all out, damn <laughs> Gosh, I really... Be different, I, I shouldn't be going against Bama, but I'm mm-hmm. going to just go against Bama. I think Mike Leach finds a way. To not get beaten by 31 points. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it's going to take, but I'll believe in it. I think Mississippi State covers. Bama can have crappy games. Yeah. They still stomp, but just don't stomp as much. They might win by like 30, not 40. Yeah, it's true. Um, the next one, back in the Big Ten, we've got Ohio State. I want to change my vote again. No, oh, Sam. Final answers only now, All Sam. Right. You're stuck. You're locked in. No, you don't have to. <laughs> All right, no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I was just messing. Right, there's another one. I got that like ten seconds ago. Next and is Ohio State at Penn State. Yep, we're, I just heard that now. Oh, <laughs> I just keep going. Ohio oh, State goodness. is at Penn State. Penn State is a thirteen point favorite. I'm gonna take uh, Penn State to win. Sorry, win. I'm gonna take Penn State to cover. I think they're not gonna lose by more oh. than thirteen. Ohio State will win, but I think Penn State can. Uh, Figure it out. Keep it close. I'm going to disagree with you. I think Ohio State will beat them by at least 14. At the least. I think I agree, too. I think Ohio State wins by at least three touchdowns. See, that's what I'm almost thinking. I'm thinking around like 21 points. Could go either way here. Um, part of me thinks Penn State's going to be super fired up and keep it kind of close. And I do think that will be the case, but I just don't know how much Ohio State pulls away by. Um because they didn't look as invincible as I thought they might against Nebraska. 
but they still obviously looked really good. I think they probably do end up winning by two touchdowns, but I wouldn't be shocked if Penn State covers. Um, but I'll, I'll lean Ohio State. Ohio State covers. Maybe the first time I'm the only one on a pick. I kind of like that. You coward. <laughs> uh, the last one is North Carolina at Virginia. Virginia is a seven-point underdog. Whole touchdown they're getting. Um, they've looked terrible so far. North Carolina's looked all right. Sam Howell's looking like he's going to be a stud. So I'm going to take North Carolina to win by more than seven. I got North Carolina too. I was a little disappointed. Of, did they did they lose this past week? Was that the week prior? Regardless, I think that they win this week. I think that they'll handle their business. Um, they'll probably get win by at least ten. I'm a Mac Brown fan. Go Tar Heels. I think North Carolina beat North Carolina State last week, but they did lose two weeks ago. Yeah, that's Florida what I'm State. thinking of. Florida, that Florida State loss. Mm. Good win by the Seminoles, though. Taking the Tar Heels. No explanation needed. Actually, I want to be different. Uh, I'm going to... Nah, I'm, I'm going to take the <laughs> All right. That's all I've got. Sweet. Well, I don't know how late this is reaching all of your ears. I apologize for any technical difficulties. This episode and previous episode... Um, last episode, we were kind of thrown off and had to use a completely different recording system for the first time. Uh, listening to it. Sounds like it's kind of like something that's happening now where my voice was just inserted later than what was actually happening. So um, I hope this turned out well. We'll be cheering on the Gophs uh, on Friday night, taking on Maryland. Um, Yeah, hope you enjoyed. And please remember to rate and review. And Sky Yuma, go Gophs. Bye. Throw the boat, fellas.